Well, welcome to Grace Point, Tree of Life, the church at Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't know what we're saying. We're glad that you're here today. I concur with Brother Duvall and welcoming all of our guests today. If you're a first-time guest, amen, we hope that you feel at home. We hope that you feel welcome. But beyond all of that, I hope you feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you give all of our guests uh, just a, a great Cincinnati welcome today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, what a beautiful day the Lord has given to us today. Didn't we hear a phenomenal word from the Lord last Sunday? Amen. Hallelujah. For those of you that weren't with us, Bishop, can I call him Bishop? Is that okay? All right, I'll call him Bishop. If not, he'll call me and set it straight. It's cool. Bishop Nathaniel Urshan was with us last Sunday and just, man, preached an incredible word. And if you have not, if you've not heard that or you didn't hear that, I encourage you, go out, go out to the Tree of Life Facebook page uh, and click on that. Let that bless you. Let that edify you. Let that encourage you. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I hope that you will join us for the rest of December. As you can see, it's beginning to look a lot like, well, Christmas. Amen. And we're thankful for that. It is the most wonderful time of the year. I thought I'd get a couple of amens there. Y'all don't sleep on me yet. Amen. I even started preaching. Don't, don't sleep. Amen. I hope you're going to make plans to be with us as we celebrate the season, but as we celebrate the true reason, the true reason, amen. Aren't you glad you know what that is today? It has been customary around Grace Point for the last couple of years for us to take the month of December and dedicate it to the birth of Christ and to dedicate it to where the story of redemption begins. But today, if it's all right with you, I want to kick off this Christmas season by talking about the ending, the destination, the reason he came as a babe to begin with. I'm going to the book of John chapter 14 today, John 14 and verse number one. I know that you've been standing for a long time, but if you want to stand for the reading of the word, please do. And if you don't, stand anyway. It won't hurt you. John 14 and verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. I think somebody just needs to hear that today. Amen. Trust in God, trust also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. For you know the way to the place where I am going. If it's all right today, I'd like to talk about heaven. 
oh, don't tell me you forgot about heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, God, for the wonderful presence that we feel in this place. God, thank you, Lord, for being our champion. Thank you, Lord, for coming in the lowly stable. And God, I pray today that you would tune our ears to hear what you would have to say to your people. Open our hearts, open our minds. Let us receive it today. Let us wrap our arms around what you would have for us. We love you and thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen today. Amen. God bless you today as you're seated in Jesus' name. I am probably categorized by some psychologists and others who do that kind of thing. I'm probably categorized as a little bit of a homebody. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, I'm really not. I, I like being at home. Home is a good place for me. Uh, some of y'all just like to be out and running around and you're never at home. And, and I don't understand you people, but, but, but it's all right. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a homebody. I suppose that I was raised that way. We didn't do a lot of travel when I was growing up. Uh, as a pastor's kid, many of our vacations, quote unquote, consisted of going to camp meetings and conferences and, you know, various church related events. We'd visit grandparents and, and family members, and we would, we would uh, but, you know, our travel was pretty localized. We, we weren't jet-setting all over the world like some people do today, and yet, even though we didn't go far, or even though we didn't do a lot of traveling by comparison, that didn't mean that I didn't have a desire to see some places, a desire to see the world. I, I had my list of places that I wanted to go and I wanted to see. Uh, domestically speaking, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii for the obvious reasons, right? Yeah, wanted to go to Hawaii. It's warm. It's beautiful. Uh, I'd like to go see the redwoods of Northern California. I'd like to see the Grand Canyon before I die. Uh, internationally speaking, uh, I, places like Ireland and Scotland have always intrigued me. Uh, I'd like to visit uh, China, even if it is just for the food, but I, I'd like to, I'd like to get, right? I'd like to go to Israel. I'd like to, I'd like to go to the Holy Land and, and, and visit there. I've never done that. Uh, and at 43, almost 44 years old, I, I realize that I may never get to visit all of those places. I, I understand that. that those, are, those are dreams. And yet, in all of that thinking and all that planning, there, there is one place that I have been dreaming about for as long as I can remember. In fact, it, it's the place that has enraptured my imagination more than any other place that I may want to go. It's true. I, I may not get to go to a lot of the places on my list, but this place is kind of a non-negotiable. Yeah. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, whatever I got to do, this place is different. And it, it, it may sound simple to some of you, and it, it, it may sound silly, but, but for all my life, I have wanted to go to heaven. Mm. Even when I wasn't doing right, even when I wasn't living right, even when I was living in opposition to God and, and to his word, I was still intrigued and enraptured by the thought of going to heaven. I know that we've all heard heaven preached about before, but 
if it's okay today with you, I'd like to remind us about our eternal destination. I, I hope that you haven't lost your desire for heaven. I hope you haven't forgotten about the place that, 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 that we ought to be striving to get to. Heaven is our destination. It's our reward. It's our home. It's, it's where we belong. How, how do you know, Brother Sizemore, that heaven's going to be so great? Because Jesus told me that he was preparing a place for me. And he has never prepared anything for me that wasn't way beyond my expectations. Right? And if God can blow my mind with the way he operates here on earth, then I can only imagine what he's got in store for me over there. Yeah. Now Jesus tells us in this text in John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. I'm going to stop right there and just minister to somebody today whose heart is troubling them. Let, let, me, let me tell you, your heart may be troubled with the cares of life. Your heart may be troubled with the stresses and uncertainty of the season, maybe of the world that we're living in. But I want to echo the words of Jesus today. Do not let your heart become troubled. Because there is good news that is on the way. There is a brighter day that's right around the corner. There is a better place just right around the bend. When your heart becomes overwhelmed, David says there is a rock that is higher than I. So don't let your heart be troubled today. Whatever you came here with, whatever you, whatever you rolled up on this property thinking about, wrestling with, dealing with, lay it aside. Don't let your heart be troubled today. Jesus said, trust in God and trust also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to there to prepare a place for you. You got to understand there's plenty of room in the Father's house. Mm. He's, go he's gone to prepare a place for you and for me. But while he's preparing the place, it's up to you and I to prepare ourselves for the place that he's preparing for us. Oh, don't, don't, don't ever let it be said of me that Jesus prepared a place for me, but I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready for the place when he came. What a tragedy it would be for him to go through all the trouble and prepare the place and then I didn't bother to prepare myself. I didn't bother to make my calling an election, sure. I, I, I didn't bother to choose this day who I was going to serve. And Jesus said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Now these passages Today, let me know that as much as I want to go to heaven, Jesus wants me to go there even more. Did you know that? As much as you and I want to go to that place, we need to know that Jesus wants us there even more. That's why he was born in the stable. 
That's why he came on that silent night. It's why he robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. It's the reason for the manger. It's the reason for the angel's song. It's the reason for the star in the sky, the shepherds and the wise men and the gifts. He came so that that he could come back and take you and I to a place that he had prepared for us tell you, I know it's easy in 2021 to grow weary of waiting on heaven. I know. We've heard about it preached all of our lives. We, we, we've, we've heard people say that they know when he's going to come, but then they didn't know when he was going to come. And, and we let the struggles of life, and they, they wear us down. It's easy to let the woes of, of the things going on around us and, and, and our nation and, and politics and, and pandemics and violence and, and hatred. It's easy to let all that stuff frustrate you and I. It's true that we live in a world today that is spinning out of control. It's true that we live in a world that is upside down and it seems to be bad news at every turn. How are we going to make it, preacher? How are we going to survive all of these things? Well, I've come to tell you and encourage you today and remind us that this world is not our home. Mm. No, I'm just passing through. God's got a place prepared for me. I'm not going to be here forever. I can see the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a stranger. I'm having a hard time feeling at home in this world anymore. So he must be letting me know that it's almost time to go to that place. Mm. Now we're, We're getting closer to heaven. Jesus said, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't worry about how bad the world is going to get. You got to know that the world is eventually going to get so sick that it's going to pass away. That's what the Bible says. And we got people worrying, well, the world just keeps getting worse and we got to fix it and we got to change it. You aren't going to fix it. And you aren't going to change it because the world is going to pass away. It has to get worse and worse so it can pass away. That doesn't mean we shouldn't stand up for what's right. That doesn't mean we shouldn't fight for righteousness and holiness. That doesn't mean we shouldn't stand on the word of God. But I've come to tell you, this whole world is going to pass away. So don't let your heart be troubled. Don't don't get overwhelmed. Don't worry about how you're going to make it. Don't, Don't get distressed over the cares of this life because this life isn't where we belong. Oh, he's going to prepare a place for me that where he is, I can be there too. Paul would write to the believers at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And in verse 13, he begins to describe that glorious, that glorious day. That great getting up morning, if you will. Paul described the day of Christ. The day that Christ will return for all of us. And he talks about how the Lord himself will descend from heaven. You know, I think it's interesting that when he announced his own birth... In Bethlehem, he sent the angels to do that. But when he sends for me, Brother Duvall, he's coming to do that himself. Mm. Yeah, when he announced his own coming to the world, he sent the angels to do that. But when he comes back to get me, he's going to come and do it for himself. Oh, I want you to know, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now, I can show you where Jesus cried. 
And I can show you where he wept. I can show you where he got angry. But this is the only place where I can show you where he shouts. He says, the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Mm. And then Paul puts a little tag on the end of that in verse 18. And he says, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another. In other words, what he's saying is let the thought of going to heaven comfort you. Yeah. Let, let, let the thought of going to heaven comfort you. Don't, don't get troubled. Don't, don't, don't be bent out of shape. Don't let your heart get troubled because I'm going to prepare a place for you. But if your heart does get troubled and if you do get down and if you do battle with unbelief and if you do get depressed and you aren't sure what to do, then you be sure to comfort one another with the thought of meeting the Lord in the air. Comfort one another with the reminder that we're going to a place that he he has prepared for us. Oh, I've come to bring a word of comfort today to some weary souls. I said I've come to, to bring some comfort. It's not going to be very long till the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout. And we're going to meet up with Jesus in the clouds of glory. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't all there is. This isn't as good as it gets. No, we've got a hope today. We've got a hope of glory. There is such a thing as heaven. There is such a thing as an eternal reward. Oh, we will fly away. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, that ought to excite you today. Now, heaven is foretold in the book of Revelation. The apostle John is given a glimpse. He, he's given a peek into that place that I want to go so bad. Yeah. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. Bible says, after this I looked and beheld, and behold, a door was open in heaven. Oh, thank God for an open door. Yeah. I'm glad he left the door to heaven open. Aren't you? I'm glad it's not a swinging door. I'm glad it's not a revolving door that I'd get stuck in. You know, I don't have to time it just right, you know, to get in. No, Jesus said, when I open a door, no. No man can shut it. He's got the door to heaven open today. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately, he says, I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was in heaven and one set upon that throne. And he that sat, he, he that sat was to look upon like jasper. And a sword in stone, and there was rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. Now when John got in the spirit, he got a peek at the throne of God. And he that sat upon the throne was to look upon as a jasper and a sword in stone. Now we know that the word of God says what it means, means what it says, 
and usually means something a little deeper, right? Yeah, it's true. See, these stones that, that John saw here, they weren't just adjectives that John was using to describe the beauty that he saw. No, they, they had a significance. You see, back in the Old Testament, the priests were given garments to wear that had 12 stones upon every vesture. These 12 stones represented the 12 different tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob. Each stone was an official stone of that tribe or that brother. And the three stones that John mentions here in Revelation 4 were represented on those priestly vestures and upon those garments. That's a, see, that's how God works. He, he doesn't leave anything unthought of, right? Yeah, you know that. The stone of Jasper was the stone of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was the youngest brother. He was the last son born to Israel. The other stone described by John was the Sardin stone. This was the stone of the tribe of Reuben. Reuben was the eldest brother, the first son born to Israel. So when John looked upon the throne and he saw the jasper and he saw the sardine stone sitting there, what, what he was really seeing, he was seeing the stone of the firstborn and the lastborn together. The first generation and the last generation of Israel. And it was as if John was literally seeing the fulfillment of what Jesus had told him in Revelation 1 when he said, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the first and I am the last. He was letting John know, John, I was the first. I was the one who was there in the beginning and I'm also the last, the one who will reign when it's all said and done. Jesus said, I am before all things things and I will be after all things. I provided the first sacrifice to save you in creation but I became the last sacrifice. I am alpha. I am omega. I am first. I am last. I am the author and I am the finisher. Mm. But then he saw something else. There was a rainbow round about the throne. Rainbow represents God's covenant with Noah. There's a world around us today that would try to tell us it means something else, but no, it, it means it, it's God's covenant. God's covenant with Noah that he would never destroy the earth by water again. And it's still God's promise to you and I today. But I'm going to tell you, you can't get a rainbow in the sky without a storm passing by. Oh, you ought to tweet that, man. That's good. You can't, you can't get a rainbow in the sky without a storm passing by. A storm has to be over before the rainbow will make itself seen. It's God's promise that the storm has 
come to an end. It's, it's God's assurance that what you've had to go through and what you've had to endure is coming to an end. And so when John saw a rainbow round about the throne, he knew that it meant that the storms of this life had officially come to an end. He knew when he saw that rainbow that the pain was over. He knew when he saw that rainbow that the frustration and the confusion would cease, that the heartache was coming to an end, that the tears were being dried up. My friend, I want you to take heart today because when you get to the throne of God, whatever storm or trial that you've had to endure in this life is going to be over forever. I said take heart because when you get to that place, when you get to the place that he's prepared for us, whatever heartache you've had to deal with, whatever trial you've had to go through in this life will be over forever. Oh, when I get to heaven, God is going to wipe away every tear from our eye. There'll be no more storm. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more crying. No more pain. The former things will have passed away and the one that sat on the throne be said, Behold, I make all things new. Oh, I don't know about you today, but I'm looking forward to going to that place. Mm. Sitting there was a rainbow round about the throne and in sight like unto an emerald. An emerald. But the emerald was Round about the throne, it surrounded the throne. The emerald was also one of those stones that was on the vesture of the priest. The emerald was the stone of the tribe of Judah. Mm. Judah means praise. So what John was getting the glimpse of here was the praise that was going to surround the throne of God. Oh, he said the sight was as the sight of an emerald. In other words, there was praise around the throne of God as far as the eye could see. Can I tell you today that one of the reasons I'm so looking forward to going to heaven is so that I can be a part of that number. Mm. So that I can be a part of heaven's praise team. Yeah. Yeah, some of us can't sing a lick here on earth, but I promise you when I get to heaven, I'm going to join the praise team. Yeah, I'm going to be praising God. I'm going to be round about the throne crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. Oh, who were those emerald worshipers that John saw? It says that it was those of us who had overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony, it was the true worshipers that Jesus said, I'm looking for somebody who can worship me in spirit and in truth. I, I wonder when John saw them, I wonder when John saw that multitude around the throne praising God, I wonder if he saw my face. I wonder if he saw your face. You ever think about that? I wonder if he looked down and he saw Brother Wilson. I, I wonder if he saw me. Oh, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. John talks about gates of pearl. He talks about walls of jasper. He, a blaze of color 
and all the stones and jewels that will align heaven. He said the pavement there in heaven, oh, the pavement, pure gold. Pure gold. Yeah. Pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God. A tree that will grow on both sides of that river and those trees will produce 12 different fruits and the leaves of those trees will be for the healing of the nations. Yeah, heaven. A place where the lion and the lamb will get together and lie down. A place where peace and harmony will reign. A city that will need no light because the lamb will be the light of that city. Death will never knock on any door of that country. There are no cemeteries in heaven. Yeah, yeah. I said there are no cemeteries in heaven. No, no, not in that land. I got to tell you, home is not Cincinnati. Home is not Ohio. Home is not Kentucky. Home is not this country or this world. No. I'm talking about the place that Jesus has prepared for you and for me. Oh, when was the last time you let heaven get into your spirit? Mm. What about our loved ones, Brother Sizemore? Oh, you'll pull up a seat on the front porch of heaven. And you'll welcome your father. And you'll welcome your mother. You'll welcome your grandma and your grandpa. You'll watch them greet you. With no walkers, no canes, no arthritis, no cancer. You, you'll see them just as you remember them. No twisted limbs, no, no crippled organs, no, no heart disease, no diabetes, no chemo. Glorified bodies complete with new eyes and new ears and new hands and new feet. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. And we will be changed. Oh, I'll have a new body. <laughs> I thought some of y'all would run right there. Well, have a new body. Oh. No more diets. No more counting calories. What's that all about? Oh, no. No, we're going to be changed. We're, we're going to be made, made like unto him. We're going to have a new mind. We're going to have the mind of Christ. Mm, no more human limitation. Yeah. We're going to have the mind of Christ. We're going to sit down with the ones that went before us. And they're going to ask us, Tell us how you overcame. <laughs> oh, you know, I was hoping to hear how you overcame. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I think about all the things I'm going to ask people when I get to heaven. You ever done that? I'm just going when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask them about that. Yeah. I'm going to ask David. I'm going to ask Paul. I'm going to sit down with Peter. I'm going to sit down with John the Baptist. I, I'm going to sit down with all these for Moses and Abraham. And I'm, I got questions. I got questions. But did you know when you get to heaven, they're going to want to ask you some questions. How'd you overcome? How did you make it? It's going to be great. Heaven, greet our loved ones again. But perhaps the greatest part of it all. <laughs> oh, 
can I tell you the icing on the cake, the, the topper on the tree for all the things that heaven is, for all the splendor and majesty and glory that is that place that God has prepared for us. The thing that I'm waiting for and look forward to the most is seeing Jesus face to face. Oh, what's it going to be like? I can only imagine what it's going to be like to look on the eyes that laid in the manger, to look at the hands that went to Calvary and the feet that went to Calvary, to look upon the face of the one who prepared the place for me. Oh! And so, Brother Terry, as the old song says, Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice, cares all past. I'm home at last, ever to rejoice. Oh, I want to see him. <laughs> Stand to your feet with me today. Come on, if you're looking forward to that place, I want you to lift your hands right now. Oh, God. The old song says, when we all get to heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, that includes you. When we all. Now listen to me. There ain't going to be a white heaven and a black heaven. I'm sorry to disappoint you. There ain't going to be a heaven for, for tree of life and a heaven for Arbol de Vida. No. There, there isn't going to be a heaven for one and a heaven for another. No, when we all, <laughs> every tribe, every nation, every tongue, when we all get to heaven. Woo! My God. Listen, if you can't do this, you ain't going to like heaven much. Eh? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. I really hope there's more than one day of rejoicing, but it, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We will sing <laughs> and shout the victory. Now heaven is the place so the question is this, how do we get to that place? I mean, I don't want to let down the one who has prepared an incredible place for me. I don't want to disappoint the loved ones that are waiting on me. How do we get to heaven? Jesus said, you know the way. He said, no, no, no you know the way to the place that I'm going. I, I, I've given you some direction. You, you know the way, and of course, it was doubting Thomas.
who raised his hand in the back and said, Lord, um, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus looked at him and said, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one comes to the Father. Or if I could, no one comes to the Father's house. No one makes it to the destination I've prepared except through me. I got to tell you today, if you want to go to heaven, Jesus is still the only way to get there. Let me tell you, the road to heaven still runs through a manger in Bethlehem. Mm. Mm. And he stands at our heart's door today. And he knocks. And we'll either open that door to let him in or we'll ignore it. But if we open up our hearts and we let the hope of heaven in today, then he will come in. And he will commune with you and with me. If you're here today and you've never repented of your sin, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with his wonderful spirit, then Jesus said, you won't see the kingdom of God. May I invite us today to make our calling and election sure. May I invite us today, if you're not sure whether or not your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, today could be your day. Today could be your day to punch your ticket to that place that he has prepared for us. Heaven is in my view today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Whether I go in the rapture or whether I go in the grave, I want to be ready to go to that place he has prepared for me. We're getting ready to sing a song today. And as we do, I wonder who might be here that says, Brother Sizemore, I, I, I'm not sure that if I, if I left the earth today, if I took my last breath today, I'm not sure that I know where I'd be going. Today is your day. You need to make heaven your destination today. Maybe you're here and say, Brother Sizemore, I forgot all about heaven amidst all the hustle and, and the bustle and living and, and working and doing. I forgot all about the place that he prepared for me and I want to go Today, if that's you, I want to invite us all to come because the road to heaven still goes through a manger in Bethlehem. If you have not bowed your knee, if you have not paid your respect to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today, you can do that today. Come on, we're getting ready to sing and I wonder who would come and lift your hands and say, I want to go to heaven. I can't wait. It's the destination I've longed to get to. It's all I think about. It's all I desire in my heart. Come on, let's sing today and let's go to heaven. We're going to heaven. Oh, to speak it all like oh, only a 
I want us to do today. I want you to find somebody standing near you. I want you to find a loved one. I want you to find somebody that you want to take to heaven with you right now. I'll give you a minute. I'll give you 30 seconds. I want you to find somebody that you want to take to heaven with you when you go. And I want you to get their, your arms around them today. Come on. Because we're about, to, we're about to get in front of the throne of God for a moment. Come on, we're about to praise Him for a moment. We're about to see the Shekinah glory of God rest upon us. Come on, come on, get a hold of somebody you want to take to heaven with you today. Come on, I don't want to go by myself. I, I want to take somebody with me. I want to take my wife. I, I want to take my husband. I want to take my kids. I, I want to take my neighbors. I, I want them to go to heaven with me. Come on, lift your hands right now. Come on, lift your hands right now. Come on, let's begin to praise Him. Let's begin to praise Him. Oh. Better 